Episode 152, Silent Confidence Speaks the Loudest. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Those of you who are avid podcast listeners, you definitely have the status of an elite educator because you're taking time out of your day, learning new things, honing your craft. It's the best professional development opportunity out there right now. And I'm honored that you value this show to come back, learn with me every week. And as you know, I have learned another lesson and I can't wait to share it with you. This podcast episode is especially for teacher leaders as we talk about how to lead with a silent confidence so that our example enters the room before our mouth. Let's reignite your passion of potential. You ready? Here we go. I hear from so many of you teacher leaders that this podcast is so helpful in not only honing your teaching skills, but aiding you in helping others. And that is so awesome. I am glad that the lessons I'm learning are paying it forward for you to bless educators who are then impacting so many students every day. And when I think about how my leadership style has evolved over time, I always go back to one attribute, and that's silent confidence. And so that's the rationale for this episode. The more I learned about leadership, the more I grew, the more talent I honed, I got quieter. It's really weird. I don't intentionally do that, but I have noticed, you know, my first instinct now versus then is to step back and let the learner do the leading. You know, it's so much more beneficial if I just get out of the way. And as I used to tell my kiddos, you know, I passed the third grade. You haven't yet. So you need to do the work, not me. It's the same with leadership. You know, I've looked to a lot of mentors to develop my own leadership style. And the best ones aren't, you know, the know-it-alls, but the ones that are cheerleaders. It's almost like they don't have much to say, but in being silent, they say so much. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. I've told you all this a bunch over these 100 plus episodes about my dad's sage advice that the quietest person in the room is often the most knowledgeable and they don't have to prove it because they know it. You know, they don't have to show off because they know it's not about them. They're respectful and kind and approachable. They are silently confident and you want one-on-one time with them, not to hear them talk your ear off, but to, for you to talk their ear off, to hear their reflection of you and share personalized tips with you based on your situation. You know, teachers want a personalized approach. They want a mentor that is just theirs. You know, not someone that gives out some generalized feedback and tips, but one who speaks directly to their students, their lesson, their classroom environment, etc. And this silent confidence idea reminds me of a gymnastics coach. I grew up tumbling, eventually coached young gymnasts, and now my little kiddo at the ripe age of one is out there showing some true promise. And when I started noticing her talent, I realized, okay, I got to get her out of like these mommy and me type classes and into a real gym with real equipment and real coaches, you know, who have a proven track record. And it was really overwhelming that first time to step into the gym. You know, so many gymnasts flipping around. But in that chaos, I didn't hear 
loudmouth coaches or see coaches who were stars of the show. Instead, I saw gymnasts working, tweaking, trying again. You know, their coaches were right by their side, whispering praise and directives and cheering them on as they increased accuracy. The coaches were in comfortable clothing, their arms were extended, their eyes were lasered in, ready to spot when they needed to. They were the guide on the side. And I mean, if you think about it, the most knowledgeable person is not in front of you, but beside you. And that's powerful. That sends a message that I am here to do this important work with you, not tell you how to do it and leave you hanging. I want y'all to be teacher leaders who are the epitome of silent confidence. I want your example to enter the room before your mouth. I want your actions, your background, your track record to showcase your talent and your knowledge. You know, not a show that you put on for anyone who's willing to watch. Great coaches shouldn't be seen. They aren't meant to be on stage. They're meant to be behind the screen shouting a missed line if needed or controlling the lights and the music. You know, they're so essential, but they're silent. The work they do is integral to a successful show, but you never see them. And I know this is true because when I coached for the New Teacher Project, I was taught how to enter a classroom without being noticed, you know, not interrupting instruction and how to communicate with the teacher through silent prompts via body language. So not to slow the momentum of the lesson. And it was so hard to be effective yet silent. Yeah, I wasn't used to that. I wanted to fluff my feathers and show what I know. And I wanted to be verbose in my feedback. But when in a live learning scenario, it isn't the time to do that. It's the teacher's time to reach students. And it's my job to ensure they're able to do so without a peep. You know, thanks to cue cards and hand signals and whatever other tricks I had up my sleeve. So I want you to think about this idea of silent confidence and rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being loudmouth Lucy, <laughs> where I kind of was, and 10 being silent Susie. Your honest reflection will help you when I give you some tips in a second. So don't lie to yourself. <laughs> Coaches are meant to listen, to offer guidance and tips and observe They really aren't meant to do it for you. You know, of course, there's going to be moments where they teach you a strategy or um, a portion of your lesson so you can visually see the difference in an approach. But they're most of the time spent off stage just as quickly as they came on stage. And yes, coaches or mentors, they get hired because they're experts in a specific area and because they have the tools to transform those around them. But the best ones know it's their example that builds momentum in a building, not their voice. And sure, you're going to have to run a few professional development sessions and sit in on planning meetings with teams and you know provide insight. But your best used time is working in small groups or one-on-one with teachers on their specific skill set. When you walk into a building with a smile, you work in your designated space with an open door and welcoming attitude. And when you provide praise and feedback with encouragement and wisdom, your actions are demonstrating your value. And when you consistently show up for teachers as their number one fan, you know, sitting as close as possible right up beside them, cueing their talents and actions when necessary, they see their own potential increase, not yours. They don't need to know that you're getting better. They care about themselves. They have a job to keep. They have a passion to hone. They desire to be their best version of themselves, but they need you, the outsider and the expert, to help them get there. 
Be that silent yet confident gymnastics coach, making the learner practice over and over. You know, demonstrate quickly, provide clear tips, shout praise and encouragement, and get the heck off stage. You are really best utilized behind the scenes, you know, personalizing the experience for every teacher, not talking about your golden days. You know, it's really hard to think that you need to say less to say more, but the more you force yourself to put learners in the driver's seat and personalize their feedback to their actions and decisions, you not only build a strong bond of trust, but you show them your strength in moving them up the scale of effectiveness. You know, I've had numerous mentors in my lifetime and they all deserve to have, you know, that official title. But the ones that came into my classroom, sat with me and my lesson plans, watched me teach a segment of a future lesson, gave me ideas on how to make it better. That played a huge role in my talent catapulting to the point that I could one day be in their shoes doing that very same thing for other teachers. So I told you earlier to rate yourself, and as you're listening, you might kind of be adjusting your score on the 1 to 10 scale, and that's fine, but now's the time to improve your score wherever you landed. When you show up at school tomorrow, do these five things. Number one, shut up. (laughs) I don't like that phrase, but sometimes I just need to jolt you. So I want you to walk in the building with a smile exuding excitement for the day, give eye contact to every person you pass, give them a nod and a smile, go to your personal workspace, leave the door open, turn on the lights, open the blinds, maybe put on some music, and then turn a chair so it's kind of turned towards the door and towards yourself. So it's inviting someone to sit down. And as you're working, just keep an eye on who's walking by and every time someone does smile and wave. These simple actions invite teachers into your space so you can help them. And notice, not once did you have to say anything. Number two, listen. So now that you've made all your body language and your environment inviting, it's time to get to work. But remember, tip one's to shut up. So when a teacher enters your space for help, invite them to sit. You know, a simple what's up or how are things going is enough talking to open the conversation so that you can spend the rest of the time listening. And when you're listening, you are maintaining eye contact and nodding when it's appropriate. These key behaviors tell the teacher you're present, you're interested, and you're keeping up with their commentary. Number three, ask questions. Yep, still not time for you to be on stage. It's probably killing you by this point, but when the teacher stops talking to get your perspective, Respond with a question like, you know, why do you think that happened? Or why do you think that is? Or how could it have gone differently? Or what do you want to do about it? And then you guessed it, you're going to sit back and you're going to listen again. (laughs) This new relationship is building as the teacher learns to rely on their thoughts and actions to make decisions, but they use your prompting to build the habit. And you don't want everyone to rely on you and they're not going to grow. You know, you can be a crutch when needed. You're definitely going to see certain teachers more often than others because everyone starts off at a different point on, you know, the support scale. I know I always figured out what I needed to do by the end of a conversation with a mentor and it rarely had to do with something they told me. Rather, it was something that they asked me to think about. Teacher leaders are outsiders who can help the insider jump outside their bubble and take in a new perspective and that usually unleashes the solution. Number four, act. Okay, so you might need to offer an idea or share a story or maybe show a video clip, 
whatever to just get this teacher unstuck. But this must be brief because they need to be doing the legwork. So don't connect the dots for them. Number five, reinforce. So as the conversation winds down, reinforce the next steps so that everyone's on the same page. You know, you might say something like, I look forward to watching you do X tomorrow, or I think your idea of X is really going to be a game changer for your students. Stop by and let me know how it goes. You know, whatever. You want to remind the learner that you listen to them, you're encouraging them to go out and make moves, and that you plan to follow up to see how it goes. And that type of listener makes people want to show up and be better because they want to try and they want to come back to you with good news. These five tips are going to unlock your potential as a teacher leader, maximize your effectiveness on empowering others, and it's definitely going to ensure that you gain that silent confidence that has such a long-lasting ripple effect throughout a building. And it's not about where you started or what you used to do. It's about where you're going. So right now, you know better, so you can do better. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on leading with a silent confidence so that our example enters the room before our mouth. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 